episode 88 of Slam City, guys. Ray Moore here, Mr. Mech, on a sunny and hot day in New York City. I am tired. And it's hot in this room. I am so tired of <laughs> I can tell based on your voice that you're really, really exhausted right now. <laughs> but it also sounds like you drink, but you don't drink either way, though. That's the thing. So I'm just like, your voice, I'm like, you must have yelled a lot last night, did you? I'm not one of these people who functions well when he doesn't get enough sleep. And because I didn't get enough sleep, I'm now not functioning well. Oh my goodness. So that's what that's what you're hearing. Wow, well, we got a big show today. We can talk about summer league, obviously with the Knicks and everything, and also got a special guest coming in pretty soon, uh London Brown from Ballers. So we got a lot of stuff to discuss today. That's gonna be yeah, I want to talk to him about ballers, about other sports, and stuff he's going to be doing probably in the future of anything. Um, so let's start off with the Knicks stuff because, well, obviously, I'm a big basketball fan. I saw some of the summer league with the Knicks. I kind of missed, like, the first game, but I did see some highlights of it. But the second game, I saw it. And I like what Kevin Knox is, you know. I think um, him and Mitchell Robertson, like they're, like, potential studs for the Knicks. I just feel like Knox is athletic, can drive to the basket. If he keeps doing that, he's gonna be doing a good, you know, a good job in terms of trying to create and making sure the defense is on him. He just needs to kick it out then when there's like a lot of people on him. But he tends to like, like you say, he tends to. We talked about this before. He tends to chuck shots a lot. Yeah, I think he's trying to prove a point maybe. But he did average like around, I think the first game around 19 or 20 something, and then the uh, game that he lost, he actually had 29 and like nine or something like that. He's going the right way for rookie of the year. I think he's he's gonna be rookie of the year. Yeah, he's definitely going the right way. He's got he's got to get it under control. Yeah, he's got to calm down. He's got to trust his teammates. Um, stop chucking. If you don't have a shot, chill out. Yeah, I don't want to keep chucking. Yeah, like you're not sinking every shot. You're not a dead eye marksman like <laughs> that. So chill out. But he does shoot at a pretty good clip. But he'll take a shot. He he, he takes bad shots from what I can see. He's not always open. Does he like Tim Hardaway Jr. and J.R. Smith combined? No, no, because <laughs> Jr. will actually get a good shot and knock it down. Sometimes. Knox will get a good shot, and it's still like, you know, 60-40 that he might hit it. So it's not, whereas with Jr., it's I say it's more 70-30, 80-20 that he's probably going to, if he's open, he's probably going to hit it. Um, his ability to go to the basket is on fire. Yeah. Mitchell is a steal. That boy is a steal from the second round to play like that. At 18 years old. Oh, my God. He's yeah, grow. such a steal. He's Wait till his adult body kicks in all the way, and he starts developing muscle. I'm, we're looking at, I think we're looking at, like, an Anthony Davis, call Anthony Towns type, type player. Like, that was tall, muscular, athletic, and you pair that up with a dude like Kristaps. Imagine that your, 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 your front court is those three dudes. Knox, yeah. Mitchell, and, and Kristaps at the three. A lot of length, a lot of oh defense, God, a, lot a lot of scoring opportunities. Yeah, they can all like. Well, I don't know if Mitchell can hit the three. I think he could hit the three. I've heard he can, but I, I don't think I've seen it. He could hit it. Um, the one thing I know is that Mitchell's gonna keep practicing. Obviously, I mean he's just really athletic. This guy's long too, and. He's only everything. he's only eighteen years old. That's what's scary about it, though. I think his his potential is to the roof. But the thing is, it's gonna depend on Coach Fizdale on the staff. 
because you know this is their first time obviously with this team and they're trying to develop these players into becoming serviceable starters hopefully maybe even an all-star I see Kevin Knox as an all-star. That's just my opinion. I think he has a skill set. I just think he needs to be straight, you know, have good defense consistently, but take good shots and understand that, you know, when you have a point guard like Frank, hopefully, or Trey, that could give you opportunities to score in easier situations, everything becomes good for him. Trey is going to get them opportunities because he's a scoring threat. Yeah. People know that he can he can get a basket. He can create his own shot. And that's scary for anybody. So if he's collapsing the defense, it's wide open to kick to all these other all these other uh, players. Mm-hmm. The only player who we got, who I'm very curious to know more about, uh, I don't know anything about him, is Mario. I think Mario Henze. I gotta look at this I can't, guy. I can't say his last name. I'm calling him Mario Card. <laughs> uh, Mario. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. No, it starts with an H. Yeah, H E Z O N J A. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see him because he was actually in the same draft class as Porzingis. We so, now have three. Yeah, of, I know. We we got three players from that class. Well, right? Moody, yeah. him, now Porzingis. But Moody might be gone. I think he's going to be trade bait, in my opinion. You think? I think so because they have just too many point guards. And I think they're giving Frank a chance to at least develop into something. I mean, the first game when Frank played summer game was still a little hesitant. He did pass it off. Assists, but the second game, was he got more aggressive. He had like 13 points in the first half. Um, you know, he got his assist, his rebound. So, I think if Frank is aggressive, I think he could be one of the top 10 point guards in the league. If he's aggressive. You, you know, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know if he's got that in him yet. But we'll see. I, think I, I be, told you, I already see him more as a three. I think he's going to the three. I think he's going to follow in the footsteps of Andre Iguodala and, and, uh, and um, Kawhi Leonard. I think he's going to go that way. I think he, he gets another couple inches of height on him. He starts gaining muscle. And once you gain muscle and height, you definitely turn into one of those two dudes. Like your athleticism picks up, I think he's going to become one of those two dudes once he gets his offensive game together. And it's just a matter of where he's going to be on that scale. But I see him more as a Andre Iguodala, Kawhi Leonard type He can't be that type of player, but I just feel like Frank, the the potential is he's like 6'5", probably 6'6", six, six now, and he's gotten bigger or whatever. He might be 6'8", for all we know, when he's 21 or 22. And if he's around that high, yeah, he could play small forward. But I think Fisdale, because, you know, he keeps saying that players are... Positionless basketball. Yeah, positionless basketball. You know, the guy can play point, guy can play shooting. Guy can play center for all we care about if he's 6'8 or 6'9 in potential situations. if he can do it. If he can do it. I'm just saying, like, I think he wants to look at players that are very versatile on the team. You know, it's good to have versatility in the NBA. That's the wave. Because that's also the the trend. That's what's happening. I mean, that's what Golden State are. They're very versatile. I mean, you could put... Curry at point and Durant shooting. Can bring the ball up. You put Clay at shooting, small four, even power four in some ways. And Eagle Dallas, same thing, shooting, small four, point guard. Durant could play basically all five positions if they wanted, if to. They wanted to. yeah. Draymond Green could play all five positions if he want, they wanted mm-hmm. to, but they don't. So I just feel like, for me, if Frank can just be that guy, could be aggressive and can just be a playmaker, if he gives you like six or seven assists and he gives you like 15 points and he gives you seven rebounds too, I can live with those stats. I think those are... First of all, I think they're almost like Jason Kidd's stats. Even Jason Kidd's stats had like triple double numbers, and he was like six four or whatever, and he's probably the smartest player he's on the gonna, court. He's also going to be a better defender than Jason Kidd was. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think Kidd is a really good defender. Yeah, but he was smart. I don't think he would have locked up Kyrie Irving the way I, I think Kidd would lock up Kyrie Irving in his prime. I'm not sure. In his prime? I'm not 
Have you seen Kid in, the, in his prime before he got he's old a, and everything? He's a beast. I, I'm not taking it away. Even when he was older, he was still good at defender. But, like, he just... He was just a smart player. I mean, he guarded players like Kobe Bryant and other people in their prime, too. And those are tough tasks, too. But True. he still he did a pretty True. well job against them. Yeah, even Allen Iverson, too. Like, Kid was really good. I mean... Do I want Frank to be like Gary Payton? Absolutely. I think he'd be, be like awesome. a taller version of Gary Payton. I'll live with the. Let me let me tell you my dream squad right now. I'll right. tell you my dream squad. The way for an after next season. Head. Yeah, yeah. Like not because I have a dream yeah, squad. Like twenty nineteen for All right. the Knicks. I, uh, Kyrie at the point. Butler at the two. Um, Hicks grows into his game, so he becomes a good three. Kristaps uh, stays at the four. Mitchell grows into his game, so he becomes the five. Then coming off the bench is Trey, Hardaway, Mario. Uh, what's this other dude's name? There's another dude we got. Who, who, who Dotson? No, we need a four. Oh, at the four. Um, what's this dude's name? It's one of the dudes. Hicks. Hicks. Hicks at the four. Yeah. And then the other guy at the five. Because uh, I, I think what's name will be gone by then. I think... Um, well Kyle, well, Kyle Quinn is gone, so... Yeah, not O'Quinn. The other dude. Uh, the one we had, Cantor. Oh, Cantor. I, I, think, Cantor. I think he might stay, to be honest. If he stays, then he starts, and Mitchell... Comes, uh, off, the comes bench, off the bench. Which is still good. Which you is got, fantastic. You got a good bench, and then. for me, that, that's that's like two starting squads. It's, this, this is like... Which I think is what I think they're going for. I think what the Knicks are trying to do is by next season... Because I know this season is all about development. I don't expect them to be in the playoffs, even though LeBron is gone now to the West... But if they make the playoffs, it's a bonus, too. But the only problem is that people are going to be like, oh, they did all this to just get out in the first round and everything, and they, they could have gotten a higher draft pick. But, I, you know, I don't believe that stuff because I, I, I believe in development. You know, I don't care how, where you got drafted. You could be drafted number one. You could be drafted number 35. You could be drafted 60 for all I care. But if you develop that player, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You're just right. trying to become the best that you can be. And that's why Golden State did it so well because these guys weren't even drafted in the top five. They, I mean, Curry was like like the pick before the Knicks, which still haunts us to this day. Even though I still feel like if they picked Curry, I feel like they would have messed it up or something. Mm-hmm. And my, Even though D'Antoni loved Curry, I think D'Antoni wanted Curry. And I think Curry thought he would be a Nick too at the time. But he went to Golden State. It's just another one of those what players ifs. in a long line. It's almost like the what if with Larry Bird too. We could have picked Larry yeah. Bird in that draft class, Michael Jordan. or we could have been Michael Jordan. Although we picked Patrick Queen the, the year before, so I don't I don't know if we would have gotten Jordan, but we definitely. No, there was a way we could have got Jordan if they traded up. I can't remember what it was. We if they traded up, no, it's when we almost got him and um, when his contract was up with Chicago. Yeah, but he was gonna stay. I think he was gonna stay. Him, we, could, we could get him more money. Chicago matched. And went above, above the offer that we have. Even though Jordan is a Brooklyn native, and it's, it's funny because a lot of Brooklyn players, they tend to be scorers a lot, which is kind of ironic because, like, Carmelo is a Brooklyn native. Lance Stevenson is a Brooklyn native. Even Stephon Marbury is a Brooklyn native. Like, these guys from Brooklyn all scorers. And you have people from Queens are, like, defenders, like Meta War Peace, Lamar Odom, those guys. I never looked at it like that. You got to look at it. From, like, it's crazy, right? That's very interesting. Yeah, they're, like, Queens is more like the tough, grit, defensive players. I could do a lot of things, and Brooklyn has more scores, and could do all this stuff. So it's interesting. I never, I never looked at it like that. That's deep. I said, okay. Yeah, hey, look at the list of people who were born in Queens. You'll see it. No, you totally got it. Like, Kenny just, Smith from Queens too. Yeah. 
yeah, so, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That. No, Tough, no, you're 100% no defenders. Right. Yeah, you're 100% right. Point guards, too. Yeah, point gu- most of them point guards, yes. I mean, one of pieces can play different positions, and Lamar Orma obviously is like a LeBron James kind of player kind of, kind before forward, LeBron. Yeah, yeah like before LeBron became three, LeBron James. Four. Yeah. Can defend the five. Yeah. So, and then you have Brooklyn, like scores, basically, you have from Brooklyn. That's what you have. And Madden is kind of like all around, kind of, I guess, if people were born in Manhattan. But we don't really talk about it because it's like really Queens of Brooklyn and it's kind of like a rivalry between Queens of Brooklyn and stuff. But um, going back to like the stuff though about the dream lineup for next season, mm-hmm. I see that the Knicks somehow get Kyrie Irving and then I see a situation where they get Jimmy Butler. So what does that mean? It means that you have Kyrie and Jimmy Butler obviously in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. You probably have Kevin Knox in the small forward position too for length to with Jimmy Butler. So there'll be a great dual defensive One, two, three. Butler would definitely help out Knox with defending and scoring and all that stuff and obviously Irving Butler they probably want to play together so I think the Knicks would be a perfect destination for them um, power forward will be Porzingis mm-hmm. and then maybe fifth will be if Canner stays for like if they give him the bird rights which would give him a, it could go over the cap they wouldn't even care about that then Canner will probably be number five unless they put Mitchell Robinson but I think what's going to happen is that the bench is going to have Mitchell Robinson it's going to have Frank might even have Trey Burke for all we know. And then might have Dotson. They might have Mario. And then it has other pieces, other young players that they try to develop. I don't think Dotson stays. You don't think he stays? I think he'd be a good 3 and D guy, though. Uh, you know what? Dotson, yes. Moutier, no. Now I don't think, think, think Moutier stays. But Dotson could be a good 3 and D guy, like a Danny Green or whatever type of player. And I could live with that. No, I'm I like fine Dotson. with that. Yeah. I like Dotson. Off the bench, I think mm-hmm. I think the bench is going to be much better if you have Kyrie and Butler with this core because they just got to come off the bench and they're going to make it easier for them yeah, to have I more rest and everything. 100% agree with you. I mean, it'd be 100%. perfect. Yeah. Between Frank and Dotson and, like, guys yeah. who are very versatile and who can go from one to three. You, you can compete with Golden State. You can compete with Houston. You can compete with the Lakers, too. I want You start shaping East. up to look like the Celtics. Yeah, in the East. Like, you could compete with Boston. You could compete with, obviously, Philadelphia 76ers and other teams in the East that are trying to go up. I mean, right now, since LeBron left, now you have Gas Anagotukarakapupo <laughs> as the... <laughs> I think I pronounced it better before. I don't know what happened. I said, guys, Anacotumpo, I think. I uh, still can't get it down. Well, you know what I mean. I think I pronounced it. It's funnier every time you say it. In the earlier episode, I did pronounce it better, though. I just don't. Gana's Anacotumpo. That was Oh, God. But he might be the best player in the East right now. Then you have Boston's probably the best team in the East. Boston's definitely the best team in the East. Yeah. Definitely the most talented. How did you see that? Uh, did you see that thing online, where somebody uh, added Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving and said, "I want to see them in a Knicks uniform next year." Yeah, and Jimmy Butler liked, liked it. it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna go, but I mean, what do you want him to do? Oh, Not if, like if, it. If the contract is, or if he's, if his contract is up, which it will be in which like next season, he's he signing an walk. extension. Yeah. He can just come to New York, and we can afford to pay him. Go for a play. And Kyrie wants to play here. Yeah, who has always been on his list, and and uh, Boston can't afford to pay him. Besides that, they got a they got got a pretty good young core. Yeah, oh, they're totally. fine without him. Yeah, they, they they're totally okay. They're still fine, but yeah, Kyrie and Butler on the Knicks, and then let's say the Lakers somehow by next year. They become because I don't think no one's supposed to be going to the finals this year. The Lakers. It'll be a surprise to me if LeBron makes it to the finals again with the Lakers. That means he'll be Golden State. And he'll be Houston. Yeah. Which I don't think is gonna happen. Because yeah, no. Golden State now got DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's not fair anymore. Where's Clint Capella going? Did I don't know. I think he might go. I think he might stay with Houston, but he was expecting a big contract. If he stays with Houston, 
if I'm Carmelo Anthony, I go to Houston. So then Houston will just it'll just be Houston Golden State again the final and Western Conference Finals. Yeah, pretty much. And then we'll have what we seven again. Carmelo could definitely be an, an X factor. We think it'll be seven again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because at the very least you have to cover Melo. The green got to cover Melo. That's my point. Or or Eagle Dollar or and Melo is strong as hell. Like that's what everybody likes to talk about. Him. And he's, green is strong like, too. Yeah, so they're gonna be like two bulls in a china shop. <laughs> They'd be but, battling like but crazy. They, though. they can cancel each other out because even even with the uh, even if Melo is like completely washed, like everybody thinks he is. Yeah. He that still means he's hitting shots with about the same frequency as Green, because Green's not a sniper. It's true. But he can hit an open shot, and yeah. I believe Melo can hit an open shot. So they totally cancel each other out. But I think Melo goes to the basket better than um better than Green. That is true. So you know, and and I also one hundred percent of my heart believe that a point guard like Chris Paul makes Melo a much better player. A much bigger threat. Well, yeah, because obviously they have this form of chemistry, and you know they know each other obviously and he's a lot. Going to listen. Oh yeah, he will definitely he's listen. Gonna to Chris listen because you don't want Chris Paul to go on a tantrum. If Chris Paul you. is like, if Chris <laughs> Paul is screaming pass, yeah, or if Chris Paul is like, give me the ball, you know what I mean? Like Melo, I think his time trying to lead is over. But yeah, James Harden too. But he about right. to say the same thing too. But but he, James Harden. Yeah, MVP. Gives it in to, MVP uh, yeah, too, but yeah. he still gives it to he still gives it to Chris Paul. Yeah, because Chris he's, Paul is a leader. Right, he's a leader yeah. of men. If you had, I mean, if you had Paul and LeBron on the same team, you had two leaders basically. If you had the Banana Boat Boys on one <laughs> squad, I think they're wrecking everything. Moving well, not forward. now. I mean, they're old now. No, if you had them four years ago, yeah, uh, it'd probably be a little different story then. The only one who's really washed, as far as I'm concerned, is Wade. I don't Wade's think he's washed. I just think he can't oldest, play many he's minutes. He's the oldest one. So. And he's like a big brother in all of them, yeah, for all we know. Yeah, the oldest one. Um, but, like, the rest of the squad, Melo, I think I see Melo going to either Houston or L.A. He can't lose either way. He's going to go play with one of his friends. It's a better quality of life. There's no sales tax in, in Texas. And you get to be in L.A., with LeBron, Hollywood, your wife is doing like movies and stuff. And they're trashing. Also, LA's been trashing LeBron with all these paintings right, and all so that stuff. You get to go over there and back him up. <laughs> and finally, the best, the best three guards. You know what I mean? To come yeah. out of that class are the best threes are, are playing together. Yeah, that's true. So a scoring machine, and I, I would love. Here's the thing. I would love to see what either Chris Paul. Or uh, LeBron James would bring out of Carmelo Anthony. I would love to see where his game would elevate to if he was on the court with one of those two dudes. Because I think either one of them has it in them to to turn Melo into something else. Like the thing that we've always known that he was, basically. But I think either CP3's direction or constantly playing against LeBron, and you know what I mean? And having yeah. to defend LeBron and taking direction from LeBron, I think it changes him to a whole different animal. It does. That's why so I can't, I can't wait to see that. And I'm, I'm happy for Carmelo to have the chance to do that. As much as I, you know, liked him on the Knicks and... Bash him a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I never really bashed Carmelo, Anthony. I thought I thought Melo got a bum rap the whole way through. He never really had any help. Stoudemire was kind of on the decline as Melo came in. They traded the entire team to get him, which was a mistake. I don't know if he forced that trade, but they definitely did it to get him. Dolan, you know, 
So I never really and, and Melo's never really had help. And the one time he had a solid team, we won what fifty two games, fifty four, fifty four games, yeah. and and you know went got to the second round. So I can't. I can't diss Melo. I just feel like when he said in that year when they won 54 games that he, this is the best team he's ever been on, ever since that day, the teams that he's been on stink. Yeah. So it's gotten worse and yeah. worse. Even though they had Russell Westbrook and Paul George, they only had like a 40-something wins. So they should have been much better than expected. Because that, that I see, that's the thing. I didn't expect them to be that great. In year one, I never expect any super team to be that great. In year one. Except for Golden State. They weren't a super team when they were like in year 24, one. Well, that's true. Until 24, 2015. You think what I'm to, saying? They yeah. weren't. They didn't start off. Even when we put the, the, the top three illest players at the time, which uh, the first one of the first super teams. Yeah. Which is uh, your man um, Pierce. Oh, yeah. Garnett. Garnett. And Ray Allen. They didn't win first time out. They only won one chip. Wait a minute. No, they actually won the first year. No, they didn't. They didn't. 2018. That that was the first year they were all three of them were together, but they just they just had a good bench too that kind of complemented them. But that, know, was the, that was the first year they won the first. I don't know if that's the first super team, but they. You know, it's they not won necessarily it. the first super. I don't team, think they were in super team anyway. I think I just thought they were just a good team. I just you know they had three stars that nah, were in their all, prime. All three of them were franchises were out of on their, their prime, kind of. They yeah. were they were kind of like right. And they then were like LeBron dirty. did what he did to counter them. And they didn't win the first time. Well, they didn't win. They almost did, but they didn't. Yeah, but they didn't win the first time. And Golden then, State, when they had a Kevin Durant, they kind of won it the first time, though. Even though Golden State was already established, they just added Durant to, to obviously keep the run going. See, and I feel like that's different. But what about Kobe and Shaq? They didn't win it the first time either when they were together. It took until Phil Jackson came along. They, they also won. didn't get a ring when um, when Karl Malone and yeah. Gary Payton showed up. Even though they were out of their prime, I don't think they were a super team. I just think people. I think people think super Boston teams. Boston was is, out of their prime too. I just think people think a super team is when everybody's like, uh, you know, they have a bunch of stars together as a super team. I think a super team to me is when they're in their prime and they're together at the same time, just mm-hmm. like the Warriors are right now, just like Kobe and Shaq were before Karl Malone and Gary Payton, or just like Jordan and Pippen and those group. They were in their prime. But again, you can't even call him a super team because he had one other All Star. The only time it got to super is when Rodman joined. Yeah, that's and he true. He wasn't an offensive threat. That is true, but you know. But that's when it started getting nuts. And that's why the Knicks, the Knicks, are trying to get super team too. So I guess I just ended with this before we get into the next guest, who should be coming soon. But um, one of the things that I gotta say about the Knicks is that obviously they gotta keep continuing the trend up. We'll see what happens in, the, in October because you know that's when training camps begin. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see where Porzingis is at at that time. Maybe he'll play this season. Maybe he won't. But all I know is that the potential is through the roof. And if they get Ar- Irving and uh, Butler. Anything's possible. Which it looks like they might. Yeah. Like they might. Yeah. And we have our special guest here. This is London Brown. I'm sure you guys saw him from Ballers, known as Reggie, the funny, you know, smart ass guy at the Rock. At <laughs> <laughs> the Rock, he was with him on a consistent basis, and he's nice enough to join us on the show. So, London, I gotta ask you this. When you first were on the set with The Rock, because, you know, he's WWE, now he's like a big movie star and everything, how would you feel? Honestly, I had to keep it real, real cool, because I've been a fan of his, obviously, since wrestling. And so I was just trying not to bug him. That was my main <laughs> thing. I said, when I saw him, we spoke a little bit. I mean, we, we did a table read out in Miami for the first season. And um, he was there, and I just I didn't want to be in his way. But he had so much energy. 
it's pretty incredible. Like you can feel his presence in the room. It's really strong. Like when he walks into the room, you know he's there. And I'll just say, yo, I just was like, yo, let me be cool. Let me just keep it professional. But he was super, super cool. Always been cool. And, and that's the cool thing about working with him. His attitude is always really, um, he's just a humble dude. I mean, he, he has enough. I mean, if he wanted to be anything different, anything mean, you would almost accept it just because you're like, okay, well, he's the rock. But the fact that he isn't, it's just it, it's a pleasure to work with. Did he give you any tips on, like, acting or anything when you, when you first met him? No, we um, he didn't give me any tips. Really, the main thing we we were on was just like we just wanted to make we were cool with the chemistry because usually I, during an audition process, you, once you audition for casting people and the producers, you do what's called a chemistry test or read or what have you. Yeah. And this is basically just to see how you mesh with the other actors and see if if you guys if it gels. And so obviously I didn't get a chance to have to do that with Dwayne because he's Dwayne. But so we just kind of found our chemistry on set, and he would always—he was very, you know, caring. And I remember in season one, he had to push me against the DJ booth, and you know, he's like, "Our oh, brother, are you all right?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm good, I'm good." Let's do it. Let's, you <laughs> yeah, know, they had a stunt yeah. double for me, but I didn't want him to do it because if he happened to fall or trip better than me, then I get fired. I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna do all my little stunts and keep employed." And but it worked out, man. But he—he he was just really cool with just his concern. Um, but our chemistry, it, it works, man. What was it like interacting with Dominic and Carter, who obviously plays Vernon, and you're the one that kind of is his best friend and everything? What was that like? You know what? Um, that or our relationship is really dope because we met each other uh, at the audition. He was already cast because he booked the pilot. So I was coming in for the season, and um, when we sat down, it just kind of clicked because it was this was his first time doing any kind of acting. Uh, he was an athlete coming from UCLA. Yeah. And for me, I come from theater. So I think our dynamics work um, because I'm a little more experienced than he is. So even though Reggie is carrying Vernon on the, uh, you know, as far as in the script. Yeah. But also, I think I also kind of pull us along through through our scenes. Not, you know, just simply because I've just been doing just a tad bit longer. But... Um, it kind of works out. So he's real, real cool, you know, real down to earth. So is his family. Shout out to his parents too. They super cool. Um, so he, he's he's a good person too. Interesting. Um, in season one, you know, you were trying to like be the one who's trying to give him the contract and everything. That whole season basically about him getting a, a deal contract with the agents right. and the Rock and everything. And then um, in season two, he kind of finally got it and everything. And then I felt like in season two, it was just more of you trying to get to know the other people on the team like not just him but like the agent right. hang out with the rock in some ways even the other uh, boss that rock works with what was that whole di- dynamic like um i think in general it comes down to one of those things where overall like on set everybody is Dwayne has set a temperature of a mood and an attitude that's real cool because he's so cool so the fact that he's so cool, everyone else on set has to be cool. So <laughs> if the dynamics, everybody just, there's no egos, there's no attitudes, everybody flows. Um, as far as playing off, you know, other characters, like the first the first season was, all my stuff was with mostly Dwayne. And then as the seasons we get into, the next season is me and Rob Cordy's character. Yeah. Um, Reggie's maturing a little bit in that process. So in the process of him maturing, they also allow me to 
tap into some of the comedic stuff. I think uh, Rob and I have a good chemistry as well, because um, I, I think he does stand up, and I, I do stand up as well. So, comedically, we have a gel that just that works. Um, so, but for me, and this isn't to be self-aggrandizing or anything, but I I can float float with anybody in real life, you know, so I can, I, I'm always in a bunch of different circles, so on the acting page, that makes it even, I get to exercise that same muscle and connect if I need to play it a little more this way, or if I have to sit back and let Rob take the funny, I can be what we call the straight guy, I can and set him up for the punch, so um, it's always a, it's always an interesting process of when you get the script, we don't, I don't know where they're going to take these characters and how they grow, but I'm always flexible, and so are the other cast members. So, it makes the chemistry overall really solid. Is it fun hanging out with um, John David Washington on, on set too? Oh, we don't do, we very... don't hang out a lot. Usually, we run into each other when one of us isn't on set that day, and we'll stop up there for wardrobe changes or uh, you know grab something to eat. And so, but he's he's a cool dude, real chill, and um, he's come out to see me a couple times, and you know at these comedy clubs because. I do. I have a joke that I do about um, about his his dad. Who, if you don't know, that's Denzel Washington, the Denzel Washington. Um, I do this joke at the end of my set about his dad, and um, he's always cool. He laughs, and he's always good because he's he's just a good guy. Jeremy Denzel Washington. I have yet to meet him. Um, I always picture. I always try to imagine what that would be like if I had a chance to meet him. I say, Yo, man, Denzel, I'm a fan. <laughs> you work. I've been following you and. And Denzel probably would, um, okay, well, thank you. I appreciate you watching all my movies and, and, and supporting, you know, um, the projects I've been doing. And I think you're doing an incredible job with, with Balls. Would you like uh, to co-star with me in my next film? And that's what I'm waiting to hear. If he says something like that, <laughs> man, then we'd really be on. But until then, um, the closest I can get to uh, the Denzel experience would be my own voice. That's sitting watching movies, man. He's. I can't wait to see Equalizer, the next one, anyway. But. What's your favorite Denzel Washington movie? Ooh, we. That's a good one. It might be Mo Better Blues. It might be Mo Better Blues. Really? Uh, the Training Day or any other? other yeah, I mean, I like. I like. I love the Training Day stuff. Um, Mo Better Blues was kind of just more of my. I can relate to it on a lot of different levels. Um, just the, you know. I've I've had some moments, and I'm you know I've, I've done some music as well, so uh, I just kind of relate to that lifestyle. Or you, I was at one point. I have to ask you this now that Ballers is now in season four and it's coming out possibly like in a month from now. Actually, I have to finish watching season three. Actually, I'm onto like episode four or five. Should be told me too. Really? I watch season three? Yeah. <laughs> Which nobody knows. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I'm season four and now. It's more you guys are going to LA now apparently. So, well, well, you know, you were born in L.A. already. So yes. how is that whole experience, like, knowing that they're going to film it now in L.A.? You kind of know all the sites already because, you, you know, you live there, and obviously, your whole life. Um, is that whole experience going to be like, oh, I've been here, done that already. Maybe it's just going to be different now that I'm on set. No, I think that it's, it, you know, I, I do know the city very well. Um, but it puts it's a different type of energy when you go and you're working. You kind of es- escape a little bit from the reality of just being in L.A. It's now Reggie is in L.A. And I know that's kind of weird for people who may not act, but because I remember when I was a kid, I used to say I would watch actors 
do interviews and they would say they were talking you know about the character like in the third and, and I was like why don't they just say you know I'm um, I'm jumping off a building and I go save the lady but they, they would say the character's name I didn't understand psychologically that you really are playing somebody else though they're your emotions being uh, transferred if you will to the character but or into the character but it's a different mental experience when, when you're on set and like I'm like I'm, I know I'm in LA but it's more so Reggie is in LA it's so many other things to think about um that you just try to be as present as you can be as an actor. Is there anything that any fans would like to hear from season four of what's gonna happen with with uh, Spencer and Joe and other and everybody on on the show? You know what? I don't really quite. People ask me, but we shoot out of order, so I don't ever really know. I don't know what's going on. It's new to me, like it's new to y'all. So when y'all see it for the first time, it's like I'm seeing it for the first time. We shoot, but like I said, we got a sequence. So one one part of the storyline could be. Uh, like for example, in season three, I shoot my best friend in the foot. Yeah, I remember but that scene. You shot that. Was that very- real, by the way? Like wh- when you guys did it, were you a little freaked out? Because I remember one person told me in Survivor's Remorse. I think it was damn, I forgot his name already. He was on the show, the main character. I think you know him probably, actor. Um, damn, I'm trying to remember his name. I mean, maybe I know right now. But he he sh- had one scene with the sister where. He, she punched him with the ring, and actually it was the real ring, so it could have been real seriously. Actually. Right. Yeah. So that scene when you shot him with the foot, were you sure? You were, were you know for sure that that wasn't the real gun? Because sometimes that could happen on set. Sometimes we shot somebody for real. Well, what they I think what we did was some of that was like when we were shooting, we were shooting. Um, so they let us get off, a, get get a couple rounds off. But when I as far as that, I think there might have been something they did with just makeup, and he probably just. I think popped whatever was on the leg, and and they cut it very well. Uh, that's a, that's TV magic. <laughs> but yeah, some some things can happen. Like when Dwayne pushed me to the DJ booth, that was real, and I my arm was kind of sore. Oh, but oh, I didn't wow. want to tell him that. And then they, <laughs> you know, London, you can't continue. And yeah. then somebody, this is the thing about the industry too. Somebody is always in the wings, ready for your spot, and so. We can't afford to be messing around because when you slip, somebody is there. There's there's hundreds of other people people that are there, man. They they, they don't even necessarily may not even deserve to be there, but since you weren't serious with your craft and your art, someone else was a little hungry and they, they get it. So, uh, but luckily nobody. We had a couple little injuries, nothing major. Um, Rock injuries or just everybody in general. No, I think I think sometimes every now and again somebody may slip, um, run into, you know, I, I know that the contact was really, it was really, you know, with the football stuff that was real in the context they were doing, and like that first in season one, um, my best friend on the show, he, we had to keep doing the take over and over again, which was him just like training, that was real and that burned him out, and I think he twisted his ankle doing that, so stuff does happen, you know. When it comes to acting, how how focused are you on your craft? Like, do you do certain work during like routines per day before you go on set? Um, Any of that? One of the things I try to do is I do like to start my day off with the gym before I'm on set because it just puts me in the focus. And a lot of that, I will say, came from Dwayne. Um, as far as some of that, just getting up and making sure it's done before everything. Um, I don't really have any set routines like that. Um, the main thing I try to do is just go over my lines and um make sure i'm I'm prepared that's the main thing because 
I like to, for me, I'd rather stay up all night and have my lines down than to get plenty of rest and not have my lines because that ain't going to work. So I, for me, I, I, I lose a lot of sleep doing it, but it's worth being prepared. All right, so I was going to tell you, the scene from Savage with Morris, actually, it was like season, I think season two or three, but Jesse T. Usher and Erica Ash, there was a scene where she punched him in the with the ring, right? Right. Because it was supposed to happen. So I remember when I remember when I interviewed them, they tell me that that actually was the real ring, so it could have been serious, actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it could have been much more serious, but they got lucky kind of then it hit him right where it could have been an injury or anything. You so know, that's, what they, that's why, I mean... They got props and different things that we use, um, but at the same time, I don't, yeah, some stuff, you know, but I haven't done any serious action stuff, so maybe when I do some action stuff, I'll really be able to answer that and be like, yo, this happened, but fortunately, um, I, hopefully, I, I won't ever have to go through something that serious, because I, I wouldn't want to come back Um like Or you always been a football fan growing up? Like NFL and everything. Uh, my my number one sport is basketball, oh, but I appreciate football. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, what guy? I ain't gonna say what guy didn't like sports, but sports is just kind of year round. And we play flag football. You play sports growing up because guys are made from testosterone. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that's what we do with our aggression. Is we play sports or something. Were well, you a fan of the NFL moving the teams to LA, the the Rams, and now even oh, the Raiders gosh. and stuff stuff coming but, along? LA fans, when it comes to sports, if you, I'm, I'm LA, LA, not like, and this is no shade on anybody else, but I'm not like on the outskirts of LA. I'm South Central LA, LA. So when you're from LA, we we prefer everything that is like, if you will, original. Um, for example, like I like the Raiders, even though the Raiders have, they went up to Oakland, yeah, and then they came. I think they're doing the Vegas move. Yeah, I'm not a fan of them being in Vegas. But I'm still diehard Raiders fan, and like the, the whole big thing now is that we have LeBron who just signed with the Lakers. Yeah, and so people, there's this mural uh, that was up, and the guy actually painted over his own mural because it was getting vandalized so much. The city, this is no diss to LeBron, but what we started feeling like was that people were suddenly starting to make, trying to make LeBron the king of the city, and we don't feel that way. It's just like, for example. We know that Jordan is the king of the Bulls. So yeah. if you try to try to make Derrick Rose, be, we like what? And this <laughs> no Derrick Rose is great. Yeah, MVP. Yeah, I'm not gonna take away. Yeah, but he's not the king. Kobe is the king of LA. And we and but you have the you have the like if there's something I don't know if we had a a higher king you know then you got your your Kareem's and your Magic's and, and, and West and so forth but as far as our champion who who's the face of the Lakers we would say Kobe so the fact that LeBron is coming in we like you cool um, but uh, you know this is still but I think it's a lot of outside fans who are trying to make LeBron king of LA but they're not really from LA they just follow LeBron but the city just not worked out and they also think that LeBron's like the best Laker he didn't even play on the court yet or anything just because of your talent whatever but that's why the spokesman not to cut you off the the spokesman um, came out and just said yo we're not celebrating people because we signed them we celebrate championships and I couldn't have agreed more we're like yo we got other things to focus on let's let's win first and I'm glad LeBron felt that way he said he's going to be the first player in the locker room, the last one to leave. And that's the mentality that we need to bring home um, 
another championship. You, like I just said that like I was on the team. Did you like the move that the Lakers had signing LeBron and all the other pieces that they got too? I like I like the move. I think we need it because for for we were kind of in the slump. Uh, since I know I was I was definitely down when Kobe left. I felt I was actually like phys- I was sad. That Did you cry? Because I cried when even the last day came. I was actually. sad, yeah. dude. I haven't yeah. watched the game. I haven't really kept up with the Lakers like that, like that since. I mean, I watch them for stats, but um, I was I was down. But I think LeBron's going to create a, a, obviously a, a, a incredible revenue for the city. The jersey's going going to be number one. Um, but it's cool because we like we like LeBron. Even the even the Crips in LA they <laughs> they co-signed for LeBron. I was I saw. Uh, um, a meme where a dude was in jail talking talking about give LeBron a pass because he with the Crips. I was like, <laughs> he was in jail shouting out LeBron. So wow. inmates like LeBron. We we but we we cheering for LeBron even though it's still Kobe City. We we definitely rock rock with LeBron. Do you think this move was more so of a business or he actually wanted to win a title in LA? I think he, I, I think he wants to win, and I think it's both. I think he definitely wants to win. But people can't be mad at LeBron. LeBron took him to the took him took him to the top to the finals four times. For Cleveland, yeah. And he won Dude, one title. What more can he do? And he, he has no one on this team. He yeah. I mean he's I'm like he's putting up the numbers. He's he, he can he's got assists, he getting rebounds, he's blocking shots. I mean what else could the guy do? He's done everything. He needed some help over there. And they weren't willing to really give him some help. Then after that last move that Jr. did, we was like, "Oh my god!" I I know that frustration. He's uh, gonna leave after. Well, he's gonna like, leave regardless, dude, though. What are you doing? And it was like that. Uh, I I thought we had. You thought there no time for mis- we have no time for those kind of mistakes. And this was what this is what makes the Lebrons. The uh, I mean, this is what makes the, the Kobe's, the Jordans. This is what makes them such clutch players because when it comes to the fourth quarter in the last six seconds, give me the ball, I'm going to deliver under pressure. And I think LeBron just got irritated with that. And so coming to L.A. is going to help him. Uh, I think it's going to be fresh. It's a new move for him socially and everything else. So Just going back to that possession on game one, he actually, if you look at that possession, he didn't make the pass to George Hill, but he also had Stephen Curry on him. So I was surprised he didn't drive on Curry. Which is weird too. I know he made the right basketball play, but the right basketball play was to drive I, on Curry. Right. I, you know what? I think that the thing that LeBron, I, I think is um, that also separates him from like Kobe because I think there was a big whole comparison. But people like Kobe Bryant, I only seen in a few players, but like Kobe Bryant and like Kevin Garnett, Isaiah, um, Isaiah back in the day with the Pistons. They, there's a like a, a killer instinct that they just they've developed early on that LeBron I think didn't have I think he's kind he, he's kind of in and out of it like some games he's on like beast mode yeah. in other games we like why is he why did he pass it um, and I think that he's going to develop that as he wins possibly more championships but he's a team player that's just I don't also, yeah I don't want to even put that on him I don't think that's his style of playing he's a, he's a, He's a team guy. He shares the ball. He, he includes everybody. So uh, I think that there's a space for him at the uh, 
you know, over in, in L.A.? He's, I mean, he's more magic, if anything. You know, a lot of people want him to be like Jordan, okay, but he's right. really more magic. I mean, he's more he's magic. Just, you know, he's just magic 2.0, but except he's stronger, faster, does all the other stuff. I like to tell people, I agree, I like to tell people, like, LeBron is like a, a cross between, like, Shaq and Kobe. Like, he has the agility of Kobe, but he has the strength of Shaq. So he's a... Like we haven't really seen, we haven't seen a player like him. Yeah. Um. He's he's really he's he's a monster though at what he does. That's why I don't compare him to Kobe any, or anybody else. He's great at what he does, and that's why I think he's special. And he definitely gets my respect. He had my respect in Miami and in Cleveland. I, I've always been a LeBron fan. Do you ever see? Do you see the Lakers winning this season or next season? Um, With the roster that they have right now. I think. You know, I don't usually it takes them, it takes them a good season to like get the chemistry down. Yeah. So unless they mess around and develop it, and on the, you know on the first half of the season, you know, then I, I'd be like, yo, I, I would be surprised if they did, uh, if they did go. I mean, they potentially yes, but this year I would give them, I'll give them next year. Uh, you you do think that Golden State are they're officially the monsters of the NBA? Because a lot of people have been saying now they got the Marcus Cousins. Now you got like a five it's kind star of, lineup. To me, and I, I I don't play, so this is just this is just my thoughts because you asked. But I, it's kind of corny to me that they that the league. If I had a rule, I would kind of I don't know. I just feel like this is just kind of like you know, it's like it's like playing a video game. Yeah, and you get all the star players. It's like that's this is why back in the day on, uh, I forgot what the what the game is, but Jordan was always like you couldn't you couldn't select him. He was all, like you had to like do something special. You couldn't pick Jordan because they just know even on a game level, what, he you have to make all his all his moves in the game like incredible. Because he's so good in real life, you can't even make him into the game. You can't even pick him on your team. It didn't make sense. It's like Mike Tyson punch out. You got to put him at the end because it ain't going to make sense to put him anywhere else on the game because he's good. And I feel like with the team, they're so good. It's like, okay, it's just <laughs> it's ridiculous all these now. shooters, all these, you know. But that's what's going to also make the victory so sweet when LeBron wins is that we beat this team. We're going we're gonna to beat him and knock him out. We, yeah, LA, uh, I'm not, the Warriors. Uh, <laughs> you're not a fan of the Warriors. I'm not a fan of the Warriors. I respect them and shout out to. Were you a fan with them before they got the rent? I I respected them. I'm a Lakers man. That's yeah, I'm yeah, fine. that's true. Yeah. So I follow, but I do follow the players, even though I'm not for the team. Yeah. Um, I had a chance to meet Steph. We did a red carpet together at ESPN, I think, last year, and. Um, Super cool dude, real down to earth. So off court, super cool. I got a bunch of respect for him and his lady. They're super, super cool. Um, and I think he's a great shooter. I mean, his shot is really, really pure. He's the best I, you ever seen? Um, ooh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to say because every time I, I see him take a shot, he makes it. <laughs> so it's like I can't really say because I'm, I'm grew I'm for me, '90s was the era of sports. Yeah. Um, we talking about. Reggie Miller and and so forth. And I thought, thought Ray, Ray Allen, Allen was yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for me, you know, I still admire that group. But Steph Shot is pure. They their team they got really pure shooters. You ever see a player like Durant who's seven feet can handle the ball and everything? That's how the trends NBA going right now too. Durant is an incredible all around player. He he's just good. His shot is pure too. 
but he can he can drive. It's a different. I don't know. It's just a different era of basketball, you know. And even when one of the things I feel like Allen Iverson doesn't get credit for is um, style. For style, he changed the game. Yeah, he did. Nobody gave him. They weren't wearing tattoos. They like, were wearing all that stuff. No tattoos, yeah. no braids. None of that cool to change. None of that stuff. That's all Allen Iverson. Or the it headbands. None of that. Yeah, none of that. You know, it, and, and so I think that he doesn't get enough credit. But that's my that's my era too. I really appreciate. It was just a different mentality. I think that today is just creating a new breed of, of talented uh, athletes. Do you think Russell Westbrook is the most fashionable guy in the NBA right now? No. <laughs> no. And I met I, I met him before we did a um, – we was out in Miami for, I think it's 112, and we chopped it up there, and he watched the show. Shout out to Westbrook for watching the show. And I think his brother knew my family, or my brothers, whatever, because they – my family's the hoop. But – um, I think that's why you know what LeBron did a press conference and he had on the blazer with the shorts. I thought that fit was fly. <laughs> I thought it was cool. It was clean. I thought it worked well, but people knocked him for it. And but a lot of times the people that's doing that don't even. A lot of people that these people can't dress though. So for them, I put it this way: a lot of people that they don't understand or that's knocking these players. Some of them ain't even in tune. They got on the name, they got on the brands, but they don't have the confidence to even match the brands. So the outfits look like costumes. But I think that what what Westbrook is doing, I think sometimes let me see, there might have been a couple fits that I thought were cool. I wouldn't, if I was a stylist, I wouldn't dress him that way. I I like a clean, tapered leg pants. You know, uh, I like a, a clean look, but. What he's doing uh, at that point, when you got that kind of much, you got that kind of money. You're the leader of the team. Who gonna say something to you? It don't sure. even matter. But a lot of the players are doing the, you know, the cut, the high cut, pants, uh, the short shorts, all that you stuff. know, the loud, the tears, the, yeah, all of that stuff. I'm still. I like. Let me tell you. To me, some, some my top three dressers. I in the NBA. Say, uh, in general. Oh, in general. Um, I would say. Diddy, yeah, I agree. Um, Will Smith is always clean, always. And I know his style. The shout out uh, to Model Model was is a good friend of mine. He's I call him and I say, Yo, what you think about man? You think this will work? And and we talk fashion stuff. But I think Diddy, uh, who's another clean dress. Um, I've seen Ryan Gosling in some cool stuff. No, he's good. He's he, good too. He, he clean. I like. A, I'm like into whatever's clean. And those guys uh, do well. But then also, like, George Clooney has a cool way of, like, always dressed. He's, like, dressed up, relaxed. Mm-hmm. And he, he does that, you know, quite well. But those, I would say, but definitely Diddy and, um, Diddy Will, Smith. and Will Smith are are really clean guys. For me. What about the NBA? Who do you think yeah. is, like, your top three or five even um, fashion people? I like what LeBron does. I, I definitely like what LeBron does. Um, I, and, and and Kobe, I've always liked. Uh, Kobe will. Kobe's clean. And even cleaner now because he got the beard. He's another <laughs> Kobe. He like, you just got to respect the dude. Yeah. Uh, but I think I, w- I would say Kobe and, and LeBron. You know, some of the other players. I'm like, what about Melo? Even stuff. I've seen Melo in some suits back in the day. I'm like, 
I'm like, man, what's going on? You know, but you but sometimes that that also goes back to where people are in their relationships. I show what I mean. Like before Steve Harvey got with his latest lady, yeah, um, his pants and his the cut of his suits were totally different. But when he got with his lady, I'm I'm sure she told him she said, "Yo, taper the leg and bring it in." And because Steve that Steve Harvey's another one. His suits are very posh. The ones he's doing currently are very very clean. And uh, I can always appreciate that. What about Steph? You think Steph is good? Steph? You know Steph? I think it's just simple. Yeah, it's good. I'm, this is, okay. This is my thing with Steph. With, with, as far as us as, as black men, um, as far as us as black men, we, our hair is important. And this is the, this is the barbershop talk that happens in the hood, which is, we like Steph and respect Steph and all that stuff. We like, why don't Steph ever have a crispy lineup? Like, his, <laughs> like the hair is never, like Cedric did with on Kings of Comedy with Luther. Like, the lineup, don't, it don't ever quite quite be sharp. It's like Durant. We be mad at Durant. We like, why don't Durant? We're like, yo, brush your hair. Like, <laughs> hair is important to black people. And so, style, I, I've seen... I've seen Steph on the carpet, and, and Steph, his suit was clean, was nice, black. It was solid, it was clean. So I, I, I tip my hat to him. You know what Golden State is like? If you look at the team itself, Steph and Clay are like the pretty boys, and Draymond is like the bouncer, and Durant's just like, he's part of the crew or whatever. You know, he, as far is. as attitude-wise, Draymond, that's why I like him, though, because you just kind of get, get what you get. And yeah. I appreciate him not being unapologetic about it. Um... Yeah, and, and, and Stephen, you know, they these guys, yeah, they are. They're kind of like the big boys. But that's why L.A.'s like a, L.A. is more like a, just a little more, a little more edgier than the Warriors. And so we, we, we respect the Warriors, but at the end of the day, we cheering definitely for the Lakers. We not even, that ain't nothing to talk about, but. Is Kobe your favorite Laker of all time? Or is it like Magic or Jabbar or Chamberlain? I think I would guys? definitely say Kobe would be my favorite Laker of all time. Who's uh, second? Magic. Magic. Um, you know, I would say Kobe because just there are a lot. There's so many things about Kobe that I've I've learned and t- put into perspective, and uh, I'm very passionate the way he is uh, to a degree, and uh, or I can share some of the some of those passions. So. I think it would be um, it would definitely be Kobe, but Magic is right up there too because I like how Magic moves on a business level, um, and so I, I I appreciate how he's always done some stuff to give back to the hood, and um, that's the stuff I want to do. So I I can respect both of them. Cool. So I you this last question before I let you go. Um, about Baller season four. I know you don't want you don't want to tell too us too much about it, but what can you tell fans that love the show a lot? Like, what can we expect? A lot of drama. A lot of um, you know weird conversations with people because they're in LA obviously now in the season you four. Know, so, um, th- this is the thing we shoot out of order. So, like I said, it's new to me. Like it's new to y'all. I don't really know what's going on in the season. I think that uh, of course there's gonna be some star appearances. Yeah. Um, and people can just kind of see on the business side how we shift into we do. I think some extreme sports stuff. Um, there's some more traveling and there's some beach stuff. Um, so it's, the show's still fun and sexy, um, but we just kind of shifted slightly out of football and just opened up um, the demographic of the business as far as on the show. 
So I think that should be cool, and it's gonna pull in a, a, a another group, uh, an, another group uh, of followers to the show. Do you have any future goals in mind? You want to do in acting besides ballers? Absolutely. And this is the plan. So that when it happens, people will be like, "Are you surprised?" <laughs> nope, because I set out to do it. The plan is this, which I'm doing, which is to do TV. Yeah. So that I become a regular in people's homes. Grow that audience, take them right into film. Take that audience from film right back to where I come from, which is stand-up. Yeah. So that's the plan. TV, film, and right back into the comedy clubs. Um, and as far as what type of films, I'm, I'm into the Love Jones, the Hitch, um, Focus, but I'm also into, shout out to my man, Alain Noel, who plays Daniel on on Insecure. He's on um, the new film, The Purge. Oh, yeah. The first Purge. Yeah. Must go see it. I've been supporting and trying to get everybody to go see it because it's like New Jack City Cross Blade. It's really, really dope. And I've said that, this, I mentioned that because in that film, he gets to do the action. He gets to play what appears to be the villain but ends up becoming the hero. Um, he's in shape while he does it. He has a, there's the romance in it, and like I said, the action. And he's the lead. That's just a great combination, especially for uh, unfamiliar actors, to say. Um, because we both come from theater, but unfamiliar to the world. And so a, a project like that would be really, really dope. Uh, but also good comedy. So there, there's, there's all... Because right now I'm on Ballers, but... People don't even know I do stand-up because of the a-hole that I play on Ballers. So <laughs> it's always interesting when people come to the clubs to see me. They're like, oh, we didn't know you did stand-up. I'm like, I come from stand-up. So anyway, uh, that's what that is. All right, cool. So where can people follow you? Instagram, you guys can Twitter, follow me at Real London Brown, at Real London Brown. And I'm always going live and doing shout-outs. So if you see me, feel comfortable to uh, speak. I'm, I'm, I'm as regular as it gets in. I'm out here in New York City, which is great. Um, before I do, let me just send some shout-outs. Shout-out to um, the team around me, Byron Nora, my agents, my reps, and Karen, of course, who just get stuff done. Um, Ends Mitchell, the Common Union, and my family and friends. I appreciate you guys working and keeping up with me. Alright, sounds good. You can follow me on Morning's 10 and all oh, the episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes for Slam City. See you next week. <laughs>